Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Uh, oh, 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 okay. You want to switch gears for a second? Right, sure. Because I've got this high on my list. Chris says, happy station birthday. What do you think about Murphy lecturing us in New Jersey about ethics, but won't release the women from his campaign from their no disclosure arrangement? <laughs> I, yeah, I, see, I had this, I, I saw this, and I've got it here, uh, the story. Somewhere among my, my treasures here. Yeah, I said, uh, I guess my what I wrote down, my first one, is that, uh, that Governor Murphy has seen the light. He probably fell off his Bentley on the road to Damascus or something with a blinding light. And he now is pushing for updated uh, updating the state's laws against workplace sexual harassment for public and private employers. Uh, the bill spearheads a series of hearings into the toxic culture of New Jersey politics. And yet the governor is, uh, among the, uh, the, according to the story, among the changes Murphy endorses is language that makes it clear a hostile work environment can be created by a single incident and that harassment need not involve physical touching. Uh, the behavior we are targeting has gone on for too long. And on and on it goes. So he's becoming the champion, the myrmidon of, uh, of, of, and yet his own campaign was apparently, we are told, rife with it. And and the people who were the victims <laughs> have been, uh, well, caused to sign a no disclosure agreement about it. And that's, I was surprised to find out this morning that's still going on. They still haven't resolved that. He imposed that on them. So he's saying, "Okay, oh, hey, this is a terrible thing. We're gonna we're gonna wipe it out. We're gonna stop it." Except, of course, in my campaign, you know that was everybody else. Yeah, that was important to my campaign. I mean, so that's 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 an exception to it. But yeah, that that would seem a Ted Dan. You know, how did he? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure there was criticism of that. It must have come come up uh, during this. Oh, okay, here we go from from the story amid repeatedly. Uh, Asked repeatedly about these issues, Murphy repeated the general apology he has issued previously and pledged to do better. <laughs> well, then release them from the the, the vows. Right. Well, there's some debate about whether or not he really has. Julie Roginski, who was a political consultant who left his gubernatorial campaign in 2018, she claims that that she was told and and pressured not to speak about her allegations uh-huh. right after so she talked to Tom Moran of the Star Ledger after that column appeared the governor actually issued a statement and she acknowledged that she had received a a, a communication a letter from the governor saying yes you can uh, you can speak it so I, I release you from the from the document but even now but that's recently yes yes but even now there's still some doubt as to whether or not you know there's still people who are still wary of whether or not they can really uh, uh, tell their story without repercussion yeah well you know the the usual way politicians deal with this he did not apparently so I, that's to his credit is you just pay him off <laughs> Well, there is that. <laughs> that. That's how the biggies handle it. The real the, big The thing. professionals, yeah. Yes. The professionals handle it that way. So, uh, other thing going on in New Jersey, the, uh, oh, the, the, the business, oh, 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 first, first. Eric Scott has a piece that was just posted, I believe, on the website. Please look at this. This goes back to talking about uh, 
going down the, the, the memory lane in New Jersey. The State Commission of Investigation, which has always been an extremely competent group, who comes up with brilliant analyses of corruption and corrupt practices in New Jersey, but has no power to enforce it. Right. All they can do is turn their findings over to the, con uh, the, the legislature, who promptly sweeps it under the rug. Uh, but they went back and did a re took a re-look at the uh, a matter that they examined back in 2009, and that was about these big salary perks, the uh, unused sick days, and, and, you know, this whole scam, the pension scam, how people get around caps and restrictions. And they're still milking the public treasury to hand out all sort of gratuities to their, their supporters and their, their friends, their homies, the politicians. And this goes down to the local level, too. And so this says uh, towns are giving up big salary perks, driving up your taxes, an analysis by the State Commission of Investigation. Read that. Some of the most ridiculous things, when they first came out with that, I don't know that they were sticking that strictly with the locals, yeah. but they were mostly working on, on the uh, higher level pension pigs and the like, and found out uh, the especially one was the unused sick days. Yeah that a person retiring, and this was very big in uh, what uh, judicial, what uh, the, oh, the police, if you want, but that whole law enforcement area, and also uh, officials, county officials and, and the like. And you could claim at the end of your, uh, your job, when you're retiring, you could claim back pay for unused sick days. And there was no well, cap. it was amazing. Was, Nobody ever was sick. And there was, and was no cap on it. There was no cap. Oh, no. Heavens no. There was no cap. People were going out with huge fortunes. It, it became known as the boat check. The boat check. You yep. go buy your yacht mm -hmm. right. when you got through with it. <laughs> uh, and so, but Five years of, of unused sick days. But, but what happened was, if you were, had worked for the state for 30 years, say, or 20 years even, you were not making nearly as much back when you did not use the sick day as you are making now, but you got paid at the current scale. You got your, your sick time got valuated yeah, to current uh, Exactly. So a condition who had worked himself up uh, in the system and he was making a very high salary, uh, a day's pay was is considerable. Like right a day now. and a half, yeah. But if you go back to the uh, the 80s or 70s or something, whatever, even, the, even into the 90s or more, then he was making probably a tenth of that. Mm. Uh, because most people, you know, salaries did go up almost tenfold from right. back in the 60s until the present. And, but you can claim it at the present rate. And, and also, nobody was ever sick. It was amazing how many <laughs> sick days they came up with. One instance that I do remember is one notable person had claimed sick pay. Uh, 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 he claimed that he uh, had worked from home. That's what it was. That's how he was. And, and it turned out that was a sick day, but, but he, had, he had worked. No, he worked from the hospital bed. That's yeah. <laughs> yes, really? Right. Really? And one day he that. spent the whole day in the hall on a gurney, you know, being thumped around. Uh, and he claimed it at, at, as a work day. <laughs> well, his thing was, well, I was thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. So read, read Eric's article. Yeah. It's on uh, nj1015.com. And he's also hosting a town hall tonight, this yes. Thursday, February 20th, about uh, the issue of prisoners being uh, re-entering mm -hmm. uh, society. Right, Dan? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's that's tonight. It's and seven that, o'clock. Uh, one of his guests is uh, an old friend of ours, uh, former Governor Jim McGreevy. That's right. Who was the most productive governor? This is one of the great ironies of the last thirty years when we've been had our eye on the politics. It was only during the three years of Jim McGreevy's administration that anything really productive for the citizens was done. This was the reform of the Motor Vehicle Commission. It was the old uh, DMV at the time, which was horrible. Car insurance reform. They got easy pass working because the previous administration, Republican administration, had given out the contract for easy pass to a company that couldn't handle it, but they could handle making a big contribution to the Republican Party. Uh, they were very good at that, yeah. <laughs> but not so good at, at Easy Pass. And so this was the last state on the East Coast, anyway, to get that straightened out. Right. He also hired uh, Colonel Fuentes as head of the state police, which I thought was a, a, a masterful stroke after a little rocky start in that department. But all these things were done. And all these things were pe- things people were yelling about. Property taxes, no. I guess it's unfortunately the governor just cannot say I'm going to reduce property taxes, right. although they all campaign right. saying they're going to. And I, I would but say these things were done yeah. during his three years, and yeah. since then and before then, nothing of any profile. And I think he had a very good uh, working relationship here with everyone here at New Jersey oh, 101.5. Yes, he holds the uh, distinction of being the only sitting governor to ever fill in for you on the morning That's show. That's right, he did fill in. You're on vacation or uh, off for a couple of days. God, we, you know, I really we had uh, Jim well, come in. That was fun. Jim for uh, Jim. Would, whoever's screening the phone would say, governor's on the, on the air. So I'd push the button and say, Jimmy, hello! And he'd come back, Jimmy, hello! How are you? <laughs> going? And yeah. we'd have these great conversations. He did, the, he did the Ask the Governor show on a regular basis with Eric. He yeah. was always stand-up, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the most comfortable topic sometimes, but he came in and he faced, uh, he he, faced he the audience. He was so good to work with. David Mathow, our, our ace reporter, once said, uh, we're, we're talking about him, I think he was at an event where we were, and we were, you know, kind of ragging him a little bit. And uh, he meant this as a compliment, really. He said he's kind of like one of these big inflatable toys. You know, if kids knock it down, it comes right yeah. back up again. <laughs> you, you can't throw him. He's on yeah. top of everything. Anyway, good heavens. That's that's good. He'll be on with, with Eric, Eric tonight. tonight yeah. mm-hmm. I got... Uh, Oh boy, there's so many things here. Oh, oh did, I, I, did you? Oh, did you say something uh, bef- before we went on about um, about you don't think that the the millionaires, if they're taxed under Murphy's new plan, you want to talk about that? I, I, Are they going to leave the state? You you said no. They're, not. they're they're not going to leave the state. And as a matter of fact, uh, I'm not sure what I did with that. Uh, oh, here we go. I'll do this quickly. Maybe we'll pick it up again next week because there's so doggone much here, and we're getting toward the end. I also want to do a recap because last week we talked all the way through, and I didn't get back to the teaser that was run about how you owe the government $14,000. Oh, right. So maybe next week I'll I'll get into that again. Okay, okay, here here is the thing. Uh, The millionaire's tax. In New Jersey, just quickly, we have 9 million people in the population. Mm -hmm. According to the best of estimates, there are, now this is amazing, 293,992. Make it, round it off to 300,000 millionaires, people filing or or family incomes of of over a million dollars. And so that, okay, so we have 
well, let's say 300,000 millionaires. Now, according to the best records that can be gotten, in New York and New Jersey together, 5,700 of these people left the state last year. Now, in New Jersey, because this includes New York, let's say half of them. So let's say 3,000 people, 3,000 millionaires left New Jersey. Left New Jersey. Now, it, I don't know how many, why they left. This does not say they all left because of high taxes. Right. They left because of better jobs. They got transferred, retired. Many things happened. So anyway, no more than 1% of millionaires left, left the, state. the state because of whatever reasons. And so it taxes, obviously, they are a reason. And one of the reasons uh, fairly recently is when the government had put a cap on the deduction for property taxes. I think it's, what, $10,000 now, Dan? Yeah, $10,000. Uh, yeah, $10,000. I'll right. go with that. And, yeah. But some of the now the governor, for example, is paying. I read two hundred thousand dollars a year in property taxes, <laughs> and so people in that category, uh, and it's capped at ten thousand dollars. That might uh, cause them to take notice. Yeah. But the point is, that as far as records can tell, only one percent, and that, that well, it's actually one half of one percent because that one percent. Well, okay, okay. Let's say the New Jersey share which we're going to call 3,000. Give New York okay. the other 3,000. Uh, and so that is 1% of the millionaire population of New Jersey left the state, moved the state, or moved from the state for whatever reason. And there were many reasons other than just property taxes or taxes in general. So the, the, the person, I think it was a, a lady named Sue Altman, who's executive director of the New Jersey Working Families Alliance, was... Uh, talking about this taxes how you know the imbalance of, 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 of income and all she said taxes she said well she's talking about raising taxes for the richest New Jerseyans she said quote they will not leave the state and she's right she's absolutely right on at least they have not as of now so much for that right okay oh there's so much stuff here and so little time but um you know, wrapping up with the uh, 30th anniversary yeah. uh, celebration, thanks to the hundreds of people who have been employed here and colleagues over the, yeah. the last 30 years. We've had four great program directors, starting with Perry Simon, to Lee Jacobs, to Eric Johnson, and now to Ann Gress, mm -hmm. doing a great job of keeping the format uh, humming and keeping it very, very relevant for all the people here in New well, Jersey. And also, these are good people. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been doing this a long time. You know, I've been doing this 60 years, 63 wow. years. No, yeah. from the first time I went on the air, way back in my callow youth. <laughs> and, I, you know, you meet all kind of people, but I've never been in an environment where there are this many really good, solid right. people, citizens. Yeah, it's, and I, it's been an enormous pleasure and an honor to, to be able to work yeah. in a such a congregation, really. And, and to serve the, the people and, of New Jersey. And, and that's exactly right. But what made the station, you're talking about what made the station, it's the people. It was the listeners and the callers who actually made the station because this was interactive. And so you have to say that the audience was part of the act. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for 30 years of, of, of uh, being with us. Yeah. Thank you very, very much. And uh, here's, here's to many, many more. And have your, we ain't ha done yet. Yeah, have yourself a great next 30 years. Yeah. Gearhart's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast.